Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to National Epilepsy Month every November. As you know, this is very, very personal to me as I live with epilepsy, and I'm always so excited when we have a time to focus on awareness. But before we get going, hey, special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, I loved seeing you. You know I love you. Also, I want to send a shout-out to our listeners throughout the world, especially Ireland. You guys are rocking it. So, hey, I really appreciate your listening. Tell other people so we can get really engaged throughout the world about this critical talk about employment and quality of life for people with disabilities. And certainly not to forget our main sponsor of this show for the past several years, Highmark, under the incredible leadership of David Holmberg and Deb Rice Johnson. Thank you so, so much for all you do. Such a great company. Speaking of great, we have a great, great leader on the show today. What a way to kick off this month with someone I can't begin to tell you how highly I think of Peggy Beam Jolly, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. And may I say, I've known her for a very long time, and you know what? She's the real deal. You know how you know people, and yeah, they have hat on half. Her hat is always on when it's for people with epilepsy. And, you know, and I am privileged to serve on the board. Peggy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me, and happy Epilepsy Awareness Month to you. Thank and you. thank you for uh, everything well, that hey, you do for I'm, the Epilepsy Foundation. Oh, thank you, Peggy. You know, what I found out, Peggy, is when I talk to people about epilepsy, they really aren't sure what is epilepsy. You know, some people say they have mental health. Um, you know, is it just a disease? You know, what is it? They don't, even, they don't understand exactly what it is. So let's start by you, if you don't mind, describing to our listeners what epilepsy is and then how many people live with epilepsy. Sure. Well, first of all, Joyce, I always like to, um, uh, when I talk about epilepsy, give people a disclaimer that I am not a medical person, but... Um, we've been working with the Epilepsy Foundation for many years. Um, epilepsy is um, a, a condition of the brain that causes seizures, and essentially the medical community diagnoses a person as having epilepsy, sometimes referred to the condition as a seizure disorder, which oftentimes causes confusion for, for folks. Epilepsy and seizure disorders are pretty much the same thing. Um, the only difference is connected to the causes and the ideology of the seizures. So um, I always like to tell people if someone tells you you have a seizure disorder, the Epilepsy Foundation can be just as helpful to you as if they tell you you have epilepsy. But um, So it's a condition of the brain that causes seizures. Um, there are many different kinds of seizures, 
people are affected in many different ways because the seizures are related to where in the person's brain uh, their epilepsy is happening. Um, A seizure, to define a seizure for you, is caused by excess electrical activity in a person's brain. That's why it fits me, Peggy. Pardon me? That's why it fits me. (laughs) Extra... Energy in the brain. That's why I say yeah. um, when you have epilepsy, you're like a, a spark plug, firehouse, whatever. So see, that fits yep. me. Go ahead. Yep, yep. It's just excess electrical activity. And, and so what the seizure itself looks like, the outward manifestations of the seizure depend upon where in your brain you have that excess electricity. Um, medical folks talk about generalized seizures and focal seizures. Generalized seizures just means all of that electricity is happening throughout your entire brain. Focal seizures means that it's happening in one specific localized area. So what most people think of when they think of a seizure is a tonic-clonic or what people used to call grandma seizures where people lose consciousness, fall to the ground, have muscle jerks, convulsions, spasms, things that, you know, unfortunately, typically you would see depicted as a seizure on television or in movies. But that's actually not the most common type of seizure. Um, Other folks who have seizures that are um, only affecting a particular part of their brain might have a focal seizure. It might be a simple focal seizure that maybe just affects a a part of their uh, body, an arm twitching or a changing sensation in taste or smell, something like that. Or it could be a complex focal seizure that could make the person look confused or make them unaware of, of not able to respond to questions or directions, those kinds of things. So Lots of different types of seizures, lots of different um, outward manifestations of what seizure activity looks like. Um, Sometimes it just looks like the person's daydreaming a little bit. Um, That's very common in children Um, and and can be very, very quick or can last a few minutes. So um, it's very individualized condition for every patient. Yeah, Um, and you, you were talking about... You know, when I had my seizure, one of the reasons that it was misdiagnosed is because of the fact that I did not have a convulsion. And you were talking about that. As you said, I think everyone thinks, they think of epilepsy, they think of tonic-clonic, better known to them as grand mal seizures. But there are so many different types of seizures. For example, I always tell people in the workplace, People can have epilepsy. They just haven't told you. They don't want to be treated differently. And they're having a seizure. You just don't know that it's a seizure. Maybe you could explain what I mean by that because there are so many different types. Right. So an an absent seizure can look like someone staring off into space. It can be just a few seconds. Um, it's very common in young children, and, you know, Joyce, 17,000 kids in Pennsylvania have epilepsy. Um, 470,000 kids in the United States have epilepsy. I often tell teachers, and we often tell 
people who are school personnel, if you're not sure whether or not a child's having a seizure or the child's just not paying attention, look to see what they're doing right after you think they weren't paying attention. Are they trying to get back on task or are they talking to their neighbor about last night's baseball game or, you know, Captain America or whatever? If the child's trying to pick up on the information that they missed out on, if they're looking at their neighbor's paper to find out what problem they're supposed to be doing or what page in the textbook they're supposed to be on, chances are pretty good they've lost information. And even just 10 seconds or 15 seconds of information is a lot of time, especially if that's happening 15, 20, 30 times a day. But if you're sitting at a cubicle at your desk, that could be happening and you not know it. If you're at a telephone conversation, that could happen and you not know it. Even engaged in a group conversation, that could happen to a person and you just not know it. So it can be very, very subtle sometimes. And um, people don't necessarily share that information, although I recommend to people that, that they share it because, again, you're missing information and that's important. And, and folks are typically helpful if they they know that um, they know that they could be helpful uh, to a coworker to to somebody in a classroom. Right. And you know what? I just want to say uh, something about that. When when you were saying about a child or a student employee, whatever, could be having a seizure for just a few seconds. A lot of times, if you don't disclose, this is when people are made fun of, or, or this is when teachers think they're daydreaming. So just as you said, you really need to pay special attention to this. And by the way, that's when it's not as frequent. But Peggy, am I right? There are children that have hundreds a day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and those are folks who are typically patients or children or adults, uh, you know, I mean, it's not, epilepsy is very much a spectrum disorder, so there are folks who are very much, um, unfortunately, very severely affected by their seizure disorder and their, and their epilepsy, and then there are folks who, and, and, and have been very fortunate to be very responsive to their medications, and, and so if they take their medication, the medication works to help control their seizures, and they are able to live life pretty much uninterrupted by seizures. But mm-hmm. for probably about 30% of all seizure patients, their epilepsy is treatment-resistant, which means no matter what they have done to try and control their seizures, their seizures continue. And for a small group of those patients, they can't particularly children who are affected by epilepsy, childhood epilepsy syndromes, those children can be having literally hundreds of seizures a day. It's mm-hmm. heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and that is so true. And, you know, with that, again, <clears throat> no, there are people, as Peggy described, like me, responsive to medication, but there are so many different levels, so many different levels of epilepsy, and the key is <clears throat> awareness, education. And that's what we're trying to do today. So with that, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us first, happy 
National Epilepsy Month, we're talking to Peggy Beam Jelly, the President and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Podstars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We are celebrating this month, National Epilepsy Month, and we're starting off with my friend Peggy Beam Jelly, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA and the best in the United States, I had to say, Peggy. I just <laughs> had to slip that in there. Um, well, we always well, appreciate Because that, I think please. it's true, but pardon me? I said thank you. We always appreciate that. Yes, well, it's a fact. <laughs> anyway, hey, Peggy, I remember when I was at one of the epilepsy walks and an individual had a seizure and people were running over doing all different types of things. I remember someone was like holding their head and then someone was holding them down and, and doing, of course, everything wrong. I, I wanted to ask you, just so people... Uh, no. What what should you do if you see someone, for example, having a tonic-clonic seizure? Uh, as you know, many people still think you put a spoon or something in their mouth. So uh, let's talk about what you should do. Yeah. Well, first of all, don't ever try to put anything in someone's mouth if they're having a seizure. That is not only dangerous for the person having the seizure, but that can be dangerous for, the, for you as well. Um, people used to do that because of an old wives' tale that the person could swallow your tongue, which obviously you can't do because your tongue is physically attached. But 
what happens sometimes is that your tongue can block a person's airway. It can block your airway. So all you really need to do, you don't need to hold a person down. You just need to gently turn them to their side. It doesn't even matter whether it's their left side or their right side. If you just turn a person over onto their side, that will help to keep their airway open. If they have something tight around their neck, if you can loosen their necktie or open up their collar a little bit, obviously that will help to keep their airway open as well. Um, Don't try to hold the person down, but if you can put something soft under their head to try to protect their head um, or to protect them from harming themselves from hitting if they're if they're having convulsions, if you can, you know, put something soft around them to try to protect them from bruising or, or hitting their head on something. Obviously, you want to do that. Um, we try to tell people to look for a medical alert bracelet. The reason for that is that if you can determine if the person has a diagnosis of epilepsy, that might be helpful. If a person has Um, an active diagnosis of epilepsy, they don't necessarily need to seek emergency medical attention unless they have suffered some sort of secondary injury or um, unless you're not sure whether or not it's a first seizure. If you're not sure, then it's always a good good idea to have uh, some sort of medical evaluation or medical assistance. So if it's a first seizure, Um, If a person is having a seizure that's associated with diabetes, you always want to have a medical evaluation. If a woman who is pregnant is having a seizure, you always want a medical evaluation. Anytime anybody has a seizure in water for any reason ever, you want to have a medical evaluation if it's occurred in the shower, in the bathtub, in a swimming pool, that kind of thing. Always, Always seek a medical evaluation. But for the most part, you just want to stay with the person, turn them on their side, make sure their airway is open, time the seizure. As long as the seizure only lasts for a few minutes, two, three minutes, as long as it doesn't last for more than five minutes, um, you just want to be with the person, be reassuring to them, stay with them. If it's a grand mal or tonic-clonic seizure, once the person has completely regained awareness, they may want to sleep afterward. Everybody's a little bit different. Sometimes people are very, very tired and need to sleep for a little bit after. Um, other folks are not. Um, so you just kind of take your lead from the patient. But checking for a medical alert bracelet um, is helpful and, and, you know, staying with the person to make sure that they don't need assistance afterward is, is really all you need to do. And just as you said, uh, Peggy, it's different with everyone because after I have a seizure, uh, unfortunately, it is accompanied by nausea and vomiting. Uh, yeah. And then there are people that when they have a seizure after, they're just fine. And there are people that are mm-hmm. exhausted. So uh, you're right in that it's different with everyone. But yeah. if you can just follow those basics, you're okay if you've, as she said, if it's the first time you should maybe just call someone to be safe. Sure. Uh, yeah. so, so I agree with, uh, with what you... But here's the worst thing you can do. When the person is conscious, acting like they've died, like doing this, freaked out, don't do that. That, that, just, that just makes it so much worse for that person. Absolutely. And, and Peggy, I know that our affiliate 
works a lot with paramedics and police officers because um, I, I know for a fact that there are people when they have had seizures, for example, we'll start with the police, that people have been tased, all sorts of things have happened. So what, what have you done there? Well, our affiliate, um, we do a couple of things. We have uh, um, really pleased to say that we just found out um, in the last week or so that the Pennsylvania Department of Health um, has put our emergency management training for EMS personnel back up online on the state's um, core web online learning program. Um, so we now have two online courses that are available where people who provide emergency medical services within the state of Pennsylvania can get continuing education credits for completing that coursework. So we're very happy about that. Um, they switched over their system and, and it was down for a little bit, but um, generally a couple thousand people a year take that course. Um, we also do in-person training with um, in conjunction with some medical professionals, with some doctors and nurses that work with our professional advisory committee. Um, and we do those on a um, per-request basis um, with local fire departments and police departments. Um, we do them on college campuses with campus police, those kinds of things, just to better educate um, law enforcement and um, first responders, particularly about complex partial seizures that look very behavioral in nature um, and can oftentimes be confused with um, other kinds of behaviors because folks don't appear to be having necessarily a seizure, but if you approach the person in the wrong fashion or if you try to um, redirect the person or if you put your hands on the person even though they don't, even though they are not conscious or not aware of what's happening, um, they do sometimes. You know, the patient will sometimes strike out, and, and that leads to all kinds of problems. So, we've been working really hard to try and make sure that first responders have better information about complex partial seizures and better information about some of the newer treatments that are out um, in terms of things like the vagal nerve stimulator, which is a um, an implant that is um, placed underneath uh, the collarbone and attached to the vagal nerve um, to provide treatment for epilepsy and um, some, some things like that that maybe first responders aren't necessarily aware of that are out there in the community. Awesome. Well, you know what? We have a caller on the line right now. Donna, are you on the line? I am still here, yes. Hey, Donna Stahlhut, before you make any comment, I just want to say to everyone, Donna is from the state of Texas in Houston and just endured incredible difficulty um, and really trauma and hardship with Harvey and uh, just really had to, really had to find such strength and Donna, I just want to commend you for that, and I hope things are going better. 
Well, thank you. And, you know, we we have just celebrated a huge World Series win, our first ever. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the Astros brought um, that trophy back to Houston, and we've all been celebrating ever since. So things are looking up. Yes, and I want to congratulate you. That is, without a doubt, the best World Series I have seen in a long time. And I was so excited for the Astros uh, first, it's the first ever uh, championship for them. But, you know, when they were wearing that Houston Strong, I thought to myself, it would be so great if they won because it gives uh, the folks in Houston something to cheer about. So, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Congratulations. It certainly does. And they were fun to watch. I mean, they're oh. a fun baseball team to watch, that's for oh, sure. So we think they're going to be around for a while. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes, they will and, uh, be. And I have been to your beautiful stadium in Pittsburgh and watched a couple of games there. So, um, you know, maybe sometime soon you'll be bringing that trophy back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, hope we will. <laughs> we may have a while, but I love the Pirates. See, I'm one of those true fans. I have been with them for years and years, but you know what it is? I love baseball, and I love the Pirates, and it is so great when it's a place like a Houston that wins. So yeah. um, I, was, I was cheering for you, Donna. Yeah, we think the whole country was cheering for us, so it, it I helped. Do too. It I helped. do, too. Well, sorry we got off on this, but it was a good subject <laughs> talking about the Astros and the World Championship. But you probably called to talk to Peggy. I did. I haven't talked to her for a while. Hi, <laughs> Donna. Is, how are you? I am good. good I am good. Peggy is one of our outstanding. Uh, Peggy is one of our outstanding leaders, and and the the quality of the programs that are provided in Western Pennsylvania are are just so excellent, um, and um, and serve as models for the rest of us to copy across oh, the country. Well, thank so, you, Donna, that's very nice for you to say. Thank you. And Peggy, and I Joyce, know you are and one Joyce of the ones is such a remarkable advocate for people living with epilepsy. Um, nobody, nobody uh, promotes epilepsy awareness and and um, the consequences of living with epilepsy as well as Joyce Bender. So, thank you all for all that we you are, do. We are blessed to have Joyce Bender, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, and I just want to say. Uh, you know how you say Houston strong? I say affiliate strong. So, Donna, <laughs> Donna thank you for calling in. And, and once again, congratulations, and you keep up the great work you're doing. Thank, thank you so you, much. Donna. Yeah. Okay. You know, isn't it great? There's an example. Honestly, I just said that to someone, that this is so great the Astros won because it's so it at least brings something for right. for the Houston to cheer about. You know what I mean, Peggy? Absolutely, absolutely. They are they are a great affiliate, and um, those folks certainly need something to cheer about right now. They have been working so so hard for so many weeks and months now. It feels like I'm sure we need what to get those little badges. Donna has need- worked so hard. See, you need those little badges instead of Houston Strong, Affiliate Strong. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, with that, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, 
This is National Epilepsy Month, and it's all about education and awareness. And we have, as our guest to kick off the month, Peggy Beam Jelly, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania. Hold on, everyone. We'll be right back with Peggy. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. This is National Epilepsy Month. I know you know, but I'm living with epilepsy, and I'm not ashamed I'm living with epilepsy. And if you're listening to the show and you're living with epilepsy, nor should you be ashamed. And our guest this month, Peggy Beam Jelly, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA, teaches that same mantra to young people living with epilepsy. And one way she does that every year is with Camp Froggy. And I have people ask me all the time here in Pittsburgh, how and why did it get that name? So let's start with why is it called Camp Froggy? And then tell us uh, why is this camp important? What do you do? So our summer camp is called Camp Frog because one of our longtime benefactors um, was a man whose name was Steve Morris and his nickname was Froggy. And um, he was a local restauranteur and the name of his restaurant was called Froggy's. And um, he ran a golf um, tournament for us for like 25 years. And um, so many, many years ago, he uh, had a group of friends 
um, gosh, this was probably 40 years ago now, Joyce, um, and Steve and all of his friends were getting ready to send their children off to summer camp, and um, Steve realized that one of his very dear friends was not sending his son to camp, and when he asked about it, they told him that their son couldn't go to camp because he had epilepsy and none of the camps would accept his son. And Steve thought that that was pretty um, inappropriate and unacceptable, and um, so he started to raise money to support the Epilepsy Foundation camp um, along with Pat Crumrine, who is um, the epileptologist at Children's Hospital and is still a member of our board of directors. Um, Dr. Crumrine had been doing a summer camp program for a long time and um, worked with Steve to grow the program. It's now a national model. It's a um, fully integrated summer camp for kids who have epilepsy. It's not a segregated program. Our kids go to a YMCA camp program for a week. We take some additional camp counselors with us. We take a pediatric neurologist, but our kids are just at camp for the week to have a good time. So it's a really great opportunity for the children who attend the camp to know that they can have the same summer experience that all of their friends and and their siblings and their peers are having. Um, it's great for the parents because they know that if the children have any medical needs or any medical issues that come up during the week of camp, there is a pediatric neurologist on site who can immediately do a medical evaluation of those needs. There are some extra counselors around to help out if the kids have any seizures and are extra eyes and ears to help supervise and that kind of thing. So... Um, Probably about 30 years ago, the board of directors to thank Steve Froggy Morris and um, his friends for all the work that they had done and all the money that they had raised decided that they would rename the summer program Camp Frog. What a great thing he did. What <laughs> yeah, a great was, thing. Now, was for, a fun for, man. let me tell you, what does that do for kids? Like, you know, kids with epilepsy, how does that help them the most? You know, I think the biggest thing that it does is help with their self-confidence. I mean, the kids that go to summer camp are often, if not always, children who have never spent time away from home. And so for them to have an opportunity to be away from mom and dad, be on their own, experience some independence is really just... Um, gives them a boost like no other experience they have. Um, it gives them a chance to make some friends. We all, we have we have I see adults today, even who will tell me that they've made lifelong friends that that they made as camp frog campers. No kidding! So, wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they um sometimes not necessarily other kids who have epilepsy but just kids they met when they were at camp you know um because they're not i mean again it's a fully mainstream camp it's not it's not like we take we don't take 30 kids who have epilepsy to camp we take 30 kids who have epilepsy and they'll one or two kids who have seizures will be assigned to a cabin with six or seven kids that just happen to be at camp that week so they just have an opportunity to um, be independent, um, you know, 
know that they can be independent. It builds their self-confidence. Um, they, they just come back with a real sense of confidence that they didn't have when they left. Yeah, and I bet, are they surprised when they meet other kids with epilepsy? Because I know there are kids that think, I'm alone, you know, especially yeah. if they're bullied at school. Are yeah, they, like, think... surprised when they meet other kids with epilepsy? I don't. I uh, I don't know about other kids with epilepsy. I think my my favorite is when they meet other counselors. When they meet counselors, and the counselors share that they are people who have epilepsy, um, mm. especially the younger kids. So the kids who are, um, you know, maybe third or fourth or fifth graders who are really down about the fact that they are growing up with epilepsy and. And, and then they meet somebody who's in college who is there as a camp counselor who has come back as a camp counselor, and it's a young person who has epilepsy, and they're working with that, that youngster, and, and they share with the youngster that they, too, are somebody who has epilepsy, and that, you know, that, that youngster's been looking up to them all week and thinking, wow, he's really cool, and maybe I can be cool like that someday. <laughs> you know, I always kind of get a kick out of those those interactions, and... Um, you know, they they really are are always kind of amazed by that, you know, because when you're 10 years old, somebody who's 19 or 20 is oftentimes the coolest person in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's yeah. always kind of fun to watch um, those interactions. But um, sadly, I don't get to go to camp very often anymore, but um, it's, it's always a very, very fun week for the kids, and, and it's an important week for the parents as well. Um, sometimes it's the only week of respite that families get. Um, if it's a child who has a lot of active seizures, um, you know, that's a, it's a good week of respite and, and break sometimes for mom or mom and dad as well. Um, and, and a, you know, opportunity for them to do something else that week as well. So that's nice. Um, we also have, you know what? I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So where is this camp? So we do two weeks of camp. We do one in um, the western part of the state with the YMCA camp um, in, up in the, on the shores of Lake Erie with Camp Fitch, and we do one in Wernersville, Pennsylvania with Camp Conrad Weiser on the um, eastern side of the state. And then and, just um, recently we started doing a new program it's a weekend-based program um, called Camp Firefly for children whose needs are a little bit more medically complex, who you know maybe don't have the stamina to do an entire week. And so, uh, about three times a year, we've been taking kids for three to four days. Um, as a matter of fact, they just did a weekend last weekend, and eight children. Um, went away for the weekend, Um, and it's a lot more intensive staffing, and they have a lot, you know, nurses and that kind of thing, but I saw a thank you note just today from a youngster, and it was, it was, it was really funny. He obviously had a very good time, but um, was concerned about keeping time. He wanted to have more clocks around with his feedback, so I thought it was kind of funny. So, um, so we now have that in addition to camp camp frogs. So that's nice. Yeah, that is that is uh, that is really awesome because, as I said, 
there, and I'm glad we're talking about this because parents, if they're listening in the state of Pennsylvania and they want or are interested in their child attending, what, what do they do? Um, probably the easiest thing to do is visit our website, which is www.efwp.org, and look for Camp Frog, or they can call our office at 800-361-5885. Okay, and what is the website again, Peggy? www.efwp.org. Um, and what if someone wants to make a donation? They can also go to the website and make a donation on the website, or they can call us. So there's a place to donate, though, on the website, right? absolutely. Okay, so listen, if you're listening to the show now, this year for the holidays, when you're thinking of, I want to do something really special, really different for someone, here you go. You can make a contribution to the Epilepsy Foundation and just make it because you believe it's a good thing and or you could make it in honor of someone else. But, you know, I don't care if it's $5.00. 5000 we of course would love it if it's 5000 but no matter what it is it counts so Absolutely. remember that remember that this year over the holiday you know sometimes people forget to do all these great things you need money so don't yeah. forget that this year and I will be saying this again this month about our own affiliate right here in Pittsburgh. And with that, we're going to go to break. Before we close the show, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Stars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com if you have a question or comment call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Peggy Beam Jelly, the president and CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania as we are celebrating National Epilepsy Month. And part of the reason for that is awareness, is education. And, you know, sometimes there are things that are hard to hear, but if there are people listening to the show, parents of children with significant epilepsy, ongoing seizures, or an adult in the same situation, there's something I need to talk about for, for a few moments because, hey, if it helps one person, it's worth talking about it. And Peggy, there is something that many medical professionals, many epileptologists, neurologists, and definitely general practitioners do not want to talk to parents about, parents of children with epilepsy, and that would be SUDEP, S-U-D-E-P. Why? Why is that? Right. I'm not sure I understand why they don't want to talk about... First, you can tell people what it is. Yeah. Uh, SUDEP is Sudden Unexpected Death in Epilepsy, um, which is depending upon who you talk to, uncommon. Um, but it feels to me and feels to us like it happens a lot, and certainly if it happens at all, it happens way too much. Um, but it basically refers to death in people who have epilepsy that's not caused by injury, it's not caused by drowning, it's not caused by another known reason. So um, it's a death in a person who has epilepsy that is sudden and there's no other identifiable cause for that person's death. So presumably related to their epilepsy, presumably related to a seizure, very often it seems to happen at night. Um, It could be related, they think, to um, breathing and... um, some sort of apnea. Um, it could be related to a heart rhythmia issue um, or some mixture of all of those things, which is, which is why it seems to occur a lot in connection with sleep. Um, we do know that there are some risk factors for SUDEP associated to, in children. Um, early onset of epilepsy seems to be a risk factor. Um, children who have early onset of epilepsy and also have a developmental disability seem to be at a higher risk. Um, people who have treatment-resistant epilepsy um, would seem to be at a higher risk. Um, but those are all sort of, uh, you know, possible, quote-unquote, possible triggers or, or, or risk factors um, we don't, maybe one of the reasons that doctors and scientists don't like to talk about it a lot is because we don't have a lot of what scientists consider hard scientific evidence around SUDEP. Um, but, you know, it's, it's 
tragic, it's heart-wrenching, and it happens a lot. Um, so it's something people should be aware of. There are some things that people can do to kind of reduce their 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 risk a little bit. Certainly um, making sure that you are treating your epilepsy is important. Making sure that you're getting enough sleep is important. Um, making sure that everybody around a person who might be at risk is trained in appropriate first aid for seizures is certainly important. Um, those kinds of things. But, um, you know, one of the things that people talk about now that I think is absolutely astounding that, you know, I often say is a testament to advances in cancer research and cancer treatment that is horrifying to me is that now on an annual basis now more people die from epilepsy-related causes than die from breast cancer. Wow. That's not acceptable to me, and I don't understand why we don't talk about that more, and I don't understand why that isn't discussed more. So, and SUDEP is probably the leading cause of those deaths. Um, and, I mean, and that I, is absolutely outrageous. That's outrageous. I know most people would not know that. Sure. I am certain most people would be astonished, so I hope people listening to the show uh, are listening hard. Uh, Peggy, how, you know, what is the percentage of people approximately that have, live with, uh, sadly, the result of SUDEP, die um, by SUDEP? <sighs> Uh, you know, I don't know that we even know that number um, particularly well. Um, I, I think that it's like one in a thousand epilepsy patients, according to Pammy. Um, but I should probably not quote you that off the top of my head. No, no, I um, think that is what's normally quoted. But you know what? One in a thousand is way too much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. One it, in a and, thousand and it, is way too much. It's just, it's just horrifying. I mean, it's horrifying to, 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 and and it has there. It doesn't have warning signs. I mean, when you work with a family or when you interact with a family who has lost someone, and and I have to tell you, the families that I work with are the most resilient amazing people on the planet earth they really really are i mean i you know we work with a family who lost a baby that was 18 months old i don't know how you go on after that i mean one minute you have this beautiful gorgeous 18 month old baby i mean yes he was having seizures but you know pediatricians don't necessarily tell you that's something you need to be afraid of they tell you that that's treatable. They tell you that you're going to have this, you know, you're going to go on this journey to find a medication that works, and then your baby just doesn't wake up from his nap. I mean, that is just horrifying to me. It is horrifying. And that's basically what SUDEP is. You know, you yeah. put your baby down for a nap, and your baby doesn't wake up, or, you, you know, you put your, you, you know, your, you kiss your loved one goodnight, and they don't wake up the next day. So, Oh, my God. It's. You know, there's no warning. It's not, there's not a diagnosis and a, you know, a battle and, and 
an alteration in treatment plans and things like that. It's, it, it is very mysterious in many ways, and obviously we need lots more research and, and, um, and work to figure out exactly what's going on and how to prevent it. And, and people who have a higher risk need to be a little bit more vigilant about monitoring, but certainly the medical community needs to talk about it more, and, and we need to insist that they talk about it more. Well, hey, Peggy, on a great note before we end the show here, Mardi Gras. Mardi yeah. Gras. I love the Mardi Gras, our big <laughs> event in Pittsburgh. When is the Mardi Gras? Uh, Mardi Gras 2018 is February 13, Fat Tuesday, February 13, 2018. The Weston Hotel Convention Center, our honoree in 2018, is Randy Durth, who is the CEO of Calgon Carbon. Um, we are thrilled to have um, Mr. Durth be our honoree and um, thrilled to be having Mardi Gras again. It really is a good time. Um, tons of fun and really looking forward to that event and um, honoring, looking forward to honoring Mr. Durth. Okay, listen, if you're hearing it now or if you go back and hear it, you know these shows are archived on Voice America, VendorConsult.com, and can be a, a uh, download from Apple, iTunes. But I just want to say, if you're listening right now, Better make those reservations now, <laughs> or you're going to be on that, you know, that standby list that, you know, when you go to the airport. I, I mean, it is sold out quick, fast, although you can make a good contribution, and you can gr- get a great table for, what are those tables, the upfront tables? What do they cost? Uh, the tables are $5,000 for a table of 10 or we have a $10,000 sponsorship, a $15,000 sponsorship, and a $25,000 sponsorship. Oh, and you'll be right up front. I'm telling you, this is the party, <laughs> party, best party in Pittsburgh, Mardi Gras, February 13th. Don't miss it. And with that, we're going to get ready to close the show. Peggy, thank you so much for being our guest today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Joyce, and and a very happy Epilepsy Awareness Month to you. Thank you so much. And we end every show with a quote. It has to be this person. Epilepsy does not define me. It is just part of who I am, said Tony Quello. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.